What's up, Spellslingers? My name is Gary and John Wells. I'm Drew Flynn. And I'm Corey Janabagian. And this is Untap, Upkeep, Drink. Beer up. Welcome back, guys, for another episode of Untap, Upkeep, Drink. We're deep in Icoria. We're in the lair of the behemoths right now. And so this is part one of our set review. We're going to try and take it nice and easy and just do some deep dives. And so this episode, we're going to be doing the commons and uncommons. Colloquially known as Draft Chef. Yeah, so these are cards that you probably won't build around, but they'll help make your deck and fill everything out. There's a couple of build arounds in here, but... Generally speaking, it's... But these are the cards that you're going to see the most, so... Yeah, these are the cards that you want to be well-versed with, so you know pack one, pick ones, and stuff like that. Although, (laughs) pack one, pick one commons are... They're rare, (laughs) but when they're there, they're, like, absolutely insane. I think that there's actually two pack one, pick ones. One, we're actually going to talk about pretty early. Hell yeah. So we're just going to fly through them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Before the... Yeah, there's only, what, 300 cards in set? 276. (laughs) Ooh. But there's only 206 that are common and uncommon. Is there really? Jeez. Yeah. Well, that's a lot. We're gonna we're gonna fly through all this <laughs> shit. Um, before we do that, of course, we are on social media at UUD Podcast and at Untap Upkeep. Drink checks out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Apple Media, Podbean, podcast sites of across the web. All right, guys, let's dive into the beers we're drinking. Beers. <laughs> so. This is one that I picked up a while ago just while I was out shopping, and it sounded delicious. It's the Distill Brewery's Wild Sour Series, the Cranberry Crike. It's a sour ale brewed with cranberries and sweet cherries, and it's 5% alcohol and 17 IBUs. So this one, it's a beautiful, beautiful peach color, and it smells just like cranberries and cherries and a little bit of holiday spice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's got... All that bitterness that you want right at the beginning. And just all those fruity notes. Ooh, yeah. This is this is what I'm talking about. All right. And it honestly sounds delicious. And I've got the Temple Family Brewings Ferda. This is the Imperial IPA, which also for whatever reason they list as a double India Pale Ale. It's sitting at 8.2% ABV. And they didn't Damn. put the IBUs on there, so I decided to look it up. And on Untapped, they have it listed at 240 IBUs. <laughs> this thing is just hops Some distilled. Some guy like me who was like, that's fucking yeah, crazy. <laughs> this is just hops distilled and then watered right. down into a fucking beer. All right. Uh, I'm worried about diving into that after reading that because fucking 240. I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> no, it just smells like a super fresh IPA. Just lethal amounts of hop. Oh, that ain't 240. That's like 40. That's fucking they good. They added an extra two. <laughs> yeah, they accidentally like yeah, maybe mistyped. <laughs> uh, that's delicious, fruity. That's, that's more like a juicy IPA rather than a hazy IPA. Definitely hop forward. Definitely got some bitterness. Uh, yeah, we're, we're just gonna we're just gonna chill there. We're gonna leave it there and uh, have Gary and talk about the solid gold. This is uh, should be a pirate beer by the name, but it's by founders. An, an old favorite. We've drank a lot of these. It's 4.4% and 20 IBUs, but it's just their premium lager. Uh, and it's really, really gold, like a gold hay. And it, I mean, it's, it's beer. It's got a little <laughs> bit of hops and a little bit of malt. It's pretty watery. 
not really a lot of sugar. There's no acidity. It's just uh, a refreshing lager. It's all right. So uh, let's dive into this set here. You guys want to start uh, just flapping through some cards? Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to start colorless and just work through WooWork. Yeah, definitely going to skip a lot of stuff because there's not a lot of shit that is necessarily relevant. Uh, First one I want to talk about is Farfinder. So just three generic for Creature Fox. It's a 1-1 with Vigilance. And when Farfinder enters the battlefield, when you search the library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it in your hand, then shelter your library. So this set is based off of enemy color pairs, right? But there's a lot of three color synergies that are there as well. This is basically the equivalent to Skittering Surveyor from Dominaria. It helps you fix your land. This is like this is one of the cards that I wouldn't necessarily take first out of a pack, because obviously there's going to be some rares and mythics in there that might be a bit more powerful, even the uncommons. But this is going to help you fix your land every single time. This is a card that if you let it go past like pack five, you're probably making a mistake. Like this is a card that you should pick up every single game that you can, or every single draft that you can. Yeah, I think it's. A lot of people think uh, one one for three is kind of garbage, but I think it's it gets you a land, so you have your turn four land, and I think a lot of mutate costs are four to five ish. Yeah, so you can immediately play that, and it's got vigilance, so it can. It's a good mutate target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a good value for what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Speaking of good mutate targets, the next one, mysterious egg, for one generic. You get an O2 egg, which I'm all about the egg. Uh, but it also has whenever this creature mutates, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. This Dope. is probably the best turn one play that you can have in the mutate deck. Yeah, it, it sits there and it blocks, and then it just grows bigger and bigger, and it goes into every deck. Yeah, uh, so remember with mutate, this can be on the bottom, and whatever creature you have on top just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, this one, I honestly would argue to be a pack one, pick one against a lot of the, the rares. Well, pack one, pick one, you don't know, which is unfortunate. There's so much mutate that you can, like, you can force the mutate deck. This is colorless. Like, it it works. Like, I I was doing some, like, sample hands and some sample sample drafts, and this card, I think, it legitimately does work as a pack one, pick one. Not, like, high tier, but it definitely is one that I I would pick up for sure. Yeah. You're forcing the mutate deck, but, like, the mutate deck is fun. Like, let's, let's be honest here. All right, let's get into some colored spells, shall we? All right, let's get into that white. So the first one we've got is Blade Banish. It's a removal spell. Three and white for an instant. Exile target creature with power four or greater. I think you just you just play this. You just pick it up, you play it. Yeah, this is going to... It's anti-mutate, 100%. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just anti-green, I think, in this set. Yeah. Like, a lot of the bombs in this set are going to be the high-powered creatures, and this is just anti those creatures. Uh, we have some nice, just, like, common... Draft filler, uh, checkpoint officer, one and a white creature, human soldier. Goes into the human deck, obviously, but for one, a white, and tap it, tap target creature. That is an effect that you basically always want, especially if you're in a go white deck. Sometimes there's those big creatures that are just going to knock off your, your, you know, all out swings. And so this is just to help you along those lines. Yeah, I think this is really strong against mutate decks too, because they're going to be making a large creature. Yeah. So if you can just tap it down, it's just, it's as if yeah. they have no It is instant speed, so if you tap down on their turn, beginning their combat or whatever, you don't get to do the thing you want to do. Yeah, I hate playing against stuff like tappy this. Tappy-tappy, dude. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, dude. I've got nightmares from Amiket and that goddamn that mummy. zombie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I hate it. I loved it. 
fucking mummy. All right, the next one we got is Coordinated Charge, which is four and a white for an instant. Creatures you control get plus two, plus one until end of turn. That's an effect you play. It's also got... Like, you just play that on effect that you definitely play. Solid finish here. Uh, but it's also got Cycling for two. Yeah. Can't emphasize that enough. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, next one we got is Divine Arrow. One and a white Divine Arrow does four damage target attacking a blocking creature. Again, these common removal spells, it's... It's what you're going to be using to win the game in a draft or in sealed. Like you're you're all out for this one. Yeah, I like that. Next one we have is Dranith Healer, one in white for a two two human cleric. Whenever you cycle another card, you gain one life and it has cycling for one. So again, so these common one mana cyclers are gonna be huge, but this is one of those cards. It's not necessarily what I would really think about as a build around, but you're happy to have this in your deck when you are in the cycling deck. That extra one life every single time you cycle is gonna add up pretty fast. And this is what's going to stop you from from losing to those big beatdown decks. Yeah. yeah. And well, and being a common two two for two, where you're going to use that as filler anyway for it to have those kinds of upsides. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, the, and it's, the, uh, it's also a human, and a human has a lot of anthem effects. In this exactly. Room, so it could be a three three for two, and yeah. And better. more than that, it also works with uh, that companion. I think that the 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 bears deck. Oh, I yeah. think it actually might be a real thing for humans. That'd be so which I'm, fun. I I really want to try try drafting that one. I really like this this next card. Yeah, modal cards are always good. We've got Fight as One for one white mana. It's an instant. Choose one or both. Target human creature you control gets plus one, plus one, and gains indestructible until end of turn. Or target non-human creature you control gets plus one, plus one, and gains indestructible until end of turn. So this isn't uncommon. You're not going to see it as often, but you probably pick this up if you're in white every single time. Bro, one or both? Come on, yeah. Now. Yeah, I really like one-drop combo of chicks, and then Drew, like you said, modal cards. And this lets you pick two effects. Yeah. Like, I think most of the time you'll only pick one because I think it'd be hard to run a creature and human deck just because... I think there's a lot of incidental like overlap, especially in the cycling deck, which kind of leads to the yeah. next card here. Yeah, I guess that's true. So next card is, in my opinion, the build around for the yeah, white side of cycling. Um, so it's Flourishing Fox for one white it is a creature fox it's a one one and whenever you cycle another card put a plus one plus one counter on flourishing fox it also has cycling for one so we keep saying cycling for one is very very good um that doesn't get any worse when you tack it on to a fucking creature that's just going to continue to grow every single time you cycle this is Dude, the ashani's one, one for one you're for the cycling yeah. deck your turn one play, you're cycling into it, and just... It, honestly, it doesn't matter in the cycling deck, in my opinion, when you play this. This is still going to win you no. the game in the long run. Like, the cycling deck, is, it, I think, might have some speed to it, but this is the reason why you're going to just like absolutely have that beat down. Yeah, I think you can compare this to the Mysterious Egg, as that's the best turn one for the Mutate deck, and it just grows over the time. But with cycling, you can, especially with one-mana cyclers, you can do that multiple times a turn. Easily. Yeah, for sure. Just turn through your deck and make a 5-5, five, five, no problem. Yeah. The next one we have uh, is part of the awkward Aristocrats deck that they want to try running here. Um, kind of based in Obzon, but it's mainly an Orzhov strategy. Feels weird. I do like these effects, though. It's we got the Garion cat. It's one mana for a, <laughs> a one white mana for a one one creature cat. When Garion cat dies, create a one one white human cre- soldier creature token. <laughs> okay, it's Garrison cat, but I like that. It's uh, I don't think it has what it needs to fit in this set. Really, but it I has think this a is, card. This is a solid, solid card. 
Like this is no, the card is great. I just don't think it has enough of a critical mass around it to like really be what you're gonna hone in on. You know what I mean? It's a cat where there's cat tribal. Gives you a human where there's human tribal. It's two power, two toughness for one mana. Granted, spread over a deck. There's an aristocrat strategy going on here, which is one creature, two or one spell, two creatures, and ties into the aristocrats. Like I think this card is yeah. This aristocrats thing's a little. I think you're underrating the card. Yeah, I always like effects like these where when it dies, it just basically replaces itself. You basically get two blocks for the price of one, which is nice. At very minimum. Like this can be a very offensive card, or it can be a very defensive card. Um, next one is our first mutate card. This one's Huntmaster Liger. It's three and a white for a three-four creature cat with mutate for two and a white. Whenever this creature mutates, other creatures you control get plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of times this creature has mutated. So this is a solid kind of finisher, um, but I don't know how dense the white mutate goes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. a three-four for three. I'll play that four. Oh, you mean with the mutate? Yeah. See, the problem that I have with evaluating mutate is like a 3-4 three, for 3 is that you also have to have already spent mana on the creature that you're tagging this onto. Right? So this isn't just a 3-4 three, for 3. This is at minimum of 3-4 four for 4 using the egg. Which, I mean, if you mute, use the egg, then this thing just gets... <laughs> this thing becomes like a... What is that? A 5-6? Yeah, that's beaten down. That's not too bad. Uh, looks like I accidentally skipped one. Uh, the Helica Glider is the first in the keyword counters that we'll we'll see so two and a white for two two it enters the battlefield you can give it either a flying counter or a first strike counter um there's quite a few of these in the set that give you that choice of what you need in the moment and i think that that is a very strong mechanic that they're playing into obviously keyword counters are going to be strong but the fact they're giving the choice later on of just like hey what is more relevant to you right now do you need to help finish the game with the uh the flying, or do you need help showing up your defenses with that first strike? Uh, I think it's a, a really, really cool mechanic. Yeah, I think it's also a really interesting build around because if you have a lot of flying in your deck, then you might give it the first strike because if you want to mutate on it, two instances of flying won't really help. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next one, we're going back into the humans, and this one again, playing on the uh, counters a lot. Yeah, we've got Teen Sight Mentor, two and a white for a creature human cleric. It's a 1-4. When Keensight Mentor enters the battlefield, put a Vigilance counter on target non-human creature you control. One in white and tap. Put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control with Vigilance. I mean, that's that's solid. Uh, if you can like actually spread out Vigilance counters, then this card just becomes absolutely insane. Every single turn adding counters to your board is just going to be crazy good. Yeah, seriously. How do you guys feel about this next card? Light of Hope, one white for an instant. Choose one, gain four life, destroy target enchantment, or put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. I think that it's hilarious that for one mana, we can gain four <laughs> life, which back in the day, one mana gets you three life or prevented three damage, you know, whatever it was. Uh, enchantments are very relevant in the recent sets. So having this as a sideboard card, the fact that you can add the counter, I don't think you're generally paying... To get the four life, uh, I don't know if there's really a life gain matters deck right now, whether it's standard, modern, whatever. But being able to destroy the enchantment or get a plus one plus one counter on something could be really good as a sideboard tech. I don't know if you main board it, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I think it's sideboardable. I don't know how. Yeah, for sure. Relevant it's going to be. Uh, I think life gain is much better when you tack it on to a creature like 
majestic oracorn. Uh, four and a white for creature. It also has mutate for three and a white. It's got vigilance, and whenever this creature mutates, you gain four life. So, four, 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 five, you're pretty fine with, especially if it's got vigilance on it. Um, the extra, just whenever this creature mutates, you gain four life, is going to be dope, uh, just as an added effect. I think that you can play this as is, without worrying about the mutate. The mutate just becomes a bonus on top. Uh, next one we have on here, well, we're talking about enchantments. Pacifism is back. Two and a white for enchantment or enchant creature. It can't attack or block. Um, these kind of white lockdown spells are super, super good, always. If somebody's mutating a shitload, this is just... Hey, I like how much mana you spent there. Instead of like doing a counter spell or a removal spell, let's just lock it down. I'm just going to keep it right there, yeah. Dude, I did not realize this was a pacifism because of the artwork. Look at that art, bro. Yeah. Woo! So good. What a, what a dragon. Up next, we got the Patagia Tiger. It's four and white for a three-four kitty cat with flying. And when it enters the battlefield, target human you control gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. So again, I think this is where the non-human human spells come in because there's a few of them, uh, especially in white. I think this is where you get reliant success on those spells is because there's a lot of these non-human creatures that augment humans or uh, the humans that augment non-humans, and this is where we're going to see those. For five mana, this is kind of where you want to be. There's a lot of these uh, commons in draft sets in general, where you have like a five mana, three, four, three, three flyer that buffs a creature when it enters the battlefield. This is this is exactly what you want in white. Yeah, speaking of humans, up next we've got Perimeter Sergeant, two and a white for a three, two creature human soldier. And whenever he attacks other humans you control, get plus one, plus zero until end of turn. So this is more of a combat-centric almost anthem effect for your humans. Yeah, this also tells you what the human's deck wants to do, right? It wants to be aggressive. It wants to be attacking. Right. Uh, talk about anthem effects. Oh, yeah. This was a true anthem effect. We've got Sanctuary Lockdown 2 and a white for an enchantment. Humans you control get plus one, plus one. Also, two generic and tap two untapped humans you control. Tap target creature and opponent controls. So what I love about this one is that a lot of the times in the go-wide deck, you don't actually have a good attack. But you also need to stop your opponents from attacking because the creatures you have are so much smaller than theirs. This lets you utilize your creatures and your mana to stop the attack on your opponent's turn, which also allows you in the future then to have a like a really massive crackback that they have to worry about. It's very exemplary of the idea of many, many humans versus a couple of giant beasts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one is, I mean, there's a lot of tap down effects, it looks like, in this set. Yeah, so this one is Snare Tactician. It's two and a white for a 2-3 human soldier. Whenever you cycle a card, tap target creature and opponent controls. This one's the best one. Yeah, this is another one of those Maybe like not the best one, but it's really build good. arounds. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as good as Flourishing Fox. Obviously, like having that plus one plus one counter every single time is going to be insane. But you can cycle yeah. multiple cards in a turn. Like I don't think that anyone is going to think twice about trying to kill this one. Oh no, this is a KOS. Yeah. Uh, maybe not KOS, but it's definitely like a removal magnet. All right, guys, up next we've got Solid Footing, and it's an enchantment aura with Flash. Enchant creature, enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one, and as long as enchanted creature has vigilance, it assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. Yeah, so there's a really, like, weird tribal, quote-unquote, synergy going on with vigilance tribal. Uh, a lot of the creatures vigilance in the set, as, as it is pretty common throughout uh, a lot of, like, recent sets, is that the Vigilance creatures have big old booty, not really much power, uh, and so there's like a 3-6 dinosaur, a 1-4 uh, 
cleric. I think we talked about a one four cat. Like there's a bunch of like weird, awkward one fours, one, three, and two, one six, like weird shit. And so yeah. this really ties those together. Uh, and I think most of them were actually in white. Some of them were in blue, but that, it's that super defensive vigilance creatures that this is going to empower. Uh, next one. Yeah, I, re- I really like this card. <laughs> yeah. So next one we have is Splendor Mare. It's an elk unicorn, which is dope. Uh, for two and a white. Very good. Lifelink, three, three creature. Also has cycling for one and a white. And this extra ability here, which is really nice. When you cycle it, put a lifelink counter on target creature you control. So there's several of these. When you cycle this creature with this ability, put a lifelink counter or whatever the creature's ability was onto another creature. Super dope. Really cool way to use cycling to your advantage. It's at instant speed, remember, so you can get like death touch or first strike or something like that. Put it on that creature, uh, and I think it's a really cool way to empower the cycling deck in a way that normally you wouldn't think about. Yeah, and I think this is a, a really good showcase for what keyword counters can do because just giving them when they ATB or something like that is kind of limited, but giving a creature that has no counters or no ability to get counters just any kind of counter that you need at instant speed, I think that's a really powerful effect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the next one also has some dope, uh, I was going to say keywords, but it's not the keywords that I like. It's actually the creature type. It's a bird goat. <laughs> so this one is Stormwild Caprador. Two and white for a one three of flying. If non-combat damage would be dealt to Stormwind Capador, prevent that damage. Put a plus one, plus one counter on Stormwind Capador for each one damage prevented this way. Wow. This thing has the potential just to, to close out a game for you. Yeah, is it? Yeah, how do you deal with this fucking guy? Is, there, you, is you it kill this it. set where... You have to kill it. It's one red mana deal, one damage to every creature? Uh, yeah, that, I believe oh, that there's... Oh, yeah, I believe that that's one of the, the red cards in the set. I think it's un- uncommon. And then the first thing that came to my mind is those uh, board wipes that do three damage to each creature on the board. Like normally, that's a huge downside because you usually kill your your own things. Yeah, you kill a lot. But of this yours. just makes it even bigger. This makes it a, a four six. Yeah, in the yeah. the red white deck, like I think this card could just be an absolute house because there are a lot of effects that do you know one damage, two damage, three damage to a lot of creatures, and yeah. so this is just like that extra, just like. Yeah, I don't care if I hit my own stuff. Yeah, I think this would be a really fun build-around card. I mean, if we're talking about dope artwork, up next, we've got a one-mana white card that's just incredible. Tell me that's Seb McKinnon, it's not. Yeah, so this one, I honestly rated really high until I, you know, reread it the second time. Uh, I thought it was like a slow path to exile. It is not. Yeah, this one, it was kind of hard to evaluate because right away I'm just like, oh shit, one mana removal spell. Sweet. Yeah, so it's a sorcery. As an additional cost, cast the spell. Tap an untapped creature you control. Exile target tapped creature. Put a plus one plus one counter on creature tapped to pay the spell's additional cost. So tapping your own creature is absolutely fine as an additional cost. The part that really like made me have to reevaluate and then reevaluate again is exile target tapped. And the reason that that's bad is because it's a sorcery. Yeah, exactly. That, I mean, that's literally why the second time I reread it was the important part. I was like, oh, that's not bad. It's an instant. It's not. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. It is, don't get me wrong. Yeah. This is a good spell. You're going to use this. Um, you are absolutely fine with tapping down a creature. It happens to get the plus one, plus one counter on it. Like, you don't care about the plus one, plus one counter. What you care about is just getting that removal spell out. Uh, I think it's kind of smart for them to have it as an uncommon because it is kind of a weird card to play. 
but I think that rather than giving your opponent a benefit, right, because white usually has, like, if it's super efficient removal, you give them something. Like, I'm going to take this away from you, but I'm also going to help you out. Uh, and this kind of takes that away, and you're just kind of, like, double helping yourself, but the limitations on it is going to make it very difficult to play. Um, yeah. The next card there is the other build around for cycling. And again, it is an uncommon in white. So it is kind of limited, but goddamn in limited. This is the a mythic rare uncommon. Yeah. It's Valiant Rescuer, one in white for a 3-1 human soldier. Whenever you cycle another card for the first time each turn, create a 1-1 white human soldier creature token. And then it has cycling Damn. too. So I love this card. I'm looking, I'm very, very, very excited to play this one in Commander. And give me four turns to cycle on each. Yeah, seriously. Like first time you cycle each turn, you can do this on your opponent's turn. Never forget that cycling is instant speed. And the fact that it has cycling on top of it, like the worst part about this, it's got one toughness. Yeah. Like this card has so much upside that it's absolutely ridiculous. I think the next card we're gonna talk about is very similar in the mutate deck. And it's also got two really good creature types. It's a fox bird. This is the Vulpakeet for three and a white. It's a two, three creature fox bird with mutate for two and a white. It has flying. And whenever this creature mutates, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. So the limitation of mutate is that it only gets to keep the power and toughness of the top creature. But this helps give this creature a buff each time it's gone through the process. Yeah. I mean, that's. It also comes out as a 3 4 for 3 when you put it on top of the egg. <laughs> actually, no, a 4 on top of the egg. 4 or 5. Four right? Oh, yeah, the flying. egg. Yeah. 4 or 5 with flying on that the egg. That can attack. That's a good play, my friend. Yeah, that on can. turn 3. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, not that's bad. True. With haste. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you want to look at it that way. I like that. So the next one uh, I absolutely love because it reminds me of playing with Unstable. So Unstable had some really goofy cards that had an effect that normally you'd think lasts until end of turn, but didn't. So it just had like a permanent buff on your creature. Um, so it's Will of the All Hunter. So for one and a white instant target creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. If it's blocking, instead put two plus one, plus one counters on it and also cycling for two. So the plus one, plus one counter is what I mean by, you know, it just stays on there. I think that this is genius because... I think the Unstable might have been a testing ground for this set because of the way that they put uh, keyword counters and then like this sort of effect where normally it would you know only last till the end of turn, but instead they're giving it counters for, to last permanently. I think the this card is dope. Uh, I love the fact that it's cycling. There's nothing wrong with this card. Uh, finally, let's get to blue. This one goes right with that enchantment that assigns damage equal to their toughness. This is eight. That's only creatures with vigilance though, right? Oh yeah. You can put vigilance counter. Given vigilance. It's H's turtle. For a single blue, it's just a zero five turtle. It's just a fantastic blocker. So this is one of like the the key components of any good control deck is stopping your opponent from from killing you. Uh, Next card is just a classic staple in so many formats. Got anticipate for one in the blue. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. I love, love to see this card in draft because draft is such like a random format with all of the the crap that you tried to cobble together for a deck. This helps you, you know, filter your top deck, make sure that you're getting the right card. Stuff that you don't like, you just toss in the bottom of your library. You know, you don't have to worry about them for a while. 
And if they were a good card, you know that you can't rely on that card popping up. I, I love Anticipate. Next yeah. one is definitely a Garion card. Are we talking about Archipelagor? <laughs> Archipelagor? <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, I was just thinking of this in my head. This is exactly the opposite of my card. These are the types of cards that I'm not usually hot on. Are the like the big splash blue cards that tap your opponent's shit. And this one's way worse. <laughs> this is five blue blue for a seven seven creature Leviathan with mutate for five and a blue. Whenever this creature mutates, tap up to X target creatures, where X is the number of times this creature has mutated. Those creatures don't untap during their controller's next untap step. So it's a fatty, which is cool. It's a seven seven. It is a Leviathan. Dude. You love which is cool. Archipelago. But the I'm, big thing I'm thinking is, yeah. is the top end of your mutate. You want it for the one time that you do mutate it, right? You don't want it. You only get one creature. No, no, but so mutate stacks. If you have if you have the egg and like four things under. Yeah, it, I mean, I guess you're you, stacking this on one mutated yeah, creature. So yeah, you mutate it onto the stack, and so that'd be five things. So you get to tap down five things of theirs. And this is the last not, time you're going to do it because you're tapping them down, and it's a freeze effect. It's not just tapping down; they don't untap yeah. next turn. So you get two attacks with your seven seven yeah. plus whatever abilities. If it has the egg, it's like a. 11 power creature that you're killing somebody with. You're telling me that you're not on board with that? It's. I think it's a cool card. Flavorful, great. I don't think it's the type of card I'm slotting in. It's so expensive as a finisher, and the guarantee isn't there, whereas in the past we've had creatures that just cost 6, 7, 8 mana and tap all creatures. Maybe you maybe you tap four, but they have a fifth, and you still can't block because you've invested too much. I'm not hot on mutate, and I think that's part yeah, of it. Yeah, that's probably what it is. I, I don't know. I mean, it's good, but I don't think it's as good as we want it to be, if that makes sense. Of course, it I, is an uncommon. I so think that, that it is as good as <laughs> we want it to be in draft and limited. I don't think that it's going to matter in like any other format. Yeah, right? that, that's that's, that's my mind frame for this. Limited, right? I mean, I'll like, probably fuck I'm, somebody up with it. I yeah. don't really look at standard and modern that much anymore. Like my time frame is just how am I going to play this in limited? Is this relevant in commander? B Absolutely not, real yeah. commander. A, this is going to kill people in draft and limited. I'm going to lose to this card. I, I'll definitely give you that. Yeah, limited in draft, we're going to have some problems. <laughs> so this next one is, it's another card in the cycle where when you cycle it, you get a keyword counter on anything you want, and it's Avian Oddity. It's three and a blue for a two-four flying, and cycling costs of two and a blue. And when you cycle this card, put a flying counter on target creature you control. Solid. Three so flying counters, whatever you want, flying. For the rest of the game? Okay, yeah. yeah. Dope. Uh, next one we have is and Wishgiver. Uh, we talked about this one in the last episode. So four blue, blue for sorcery, draw four cards. Siphon for one. Uh, I think that this card right now is being overrated for, for standard. Uh, we'll see if I'm right on that one. I just think that it's it's just too expensive. It only cycles for one. Right, I think that that's, that's the best part. It does not cycle for two or three. Right, but I think that the actual effect. I think that there are other cards that cycle for one that you're slotting in over this. Like, if you're in a super hard control deck, yes, you might get the four cards off of it, but I think in most decks, you just cycle it for one. But I think that there are just other things that you would cycle for one. You could also play earlier in the game that are going to matter more. Speaking of totally hard control, we've got Capture Sphere. It's back. I think, what, like, Ixalan, Dominaria, and now this. Like, it's one of the premier common blue removal spells for three and a blue. It's Enchantment Aura, Flash, Enchant Creature. When it enters the battlefield, tap down that creature. It doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. So just a nice freeze effect. Uh, we got, I think, like my favorite freeze effect coming up in a few cards here. But it's an enchantment, so I love it. 
But before that, we got a sweet counter spell. This one's Convolute. It's two and a blue for an instant counter target spell unless this controller pays four. They're almost never going to pay four. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. This, that card is backbreaking. Um, yeah. Now, if you want to talk about a big fast no, sea creature that, that I'm one. down for, <laughs> we've got Crustacean. It's three and a white for a one six creature crab with flash. So, the and one reason, while these aren't like. Sorry, go ahead. I'll let you finish yours before I do mine. Oh, I was just going to say the, the, the reason why I think these are. I mean, obviously, because it has flash, it does a lot of blocking that is not expected. Uh, it, I, it only slots in control. Like, I, I don't really think there's a deck that really gives a shit. So. This is the one set where this is just more than what it what it seems because there is the flash deck. There is a flash deck in Demir uh, that I think is kind of one of like the sub decks. It's not one of the main decks of the the format, but I think that the flash deck has potential to just absolutely just smoke people out. So the next one we have is Dreamtail Heron. It is four. This is and the blue. upside of mutate for a elemental bird. It's a three four mutate for three and a blue flying. This creature mutates draw a card. I absolutely love this Dang. card in the mutate deck. This card just it fills your hand every single time. Like it, it's just it's awesome. Yeah, it's just anything that says draw value. a card, like hey, do the thing you want to do, but also draw yeah. a card as flying, which means that you mutate creature as flying. Gimme, Corey, this next one. Woo, woo. I like this one. This one escape seems real protocol. Strong. One in a blue for an enchantment. Whenever you cycle a card, you may pay one colors mana. When you do, exile target artifact or creature you control, then return to the battlefield under its owner's control. Good shit. Damn, son. So you double up, or you repeat all your ETBs, you can untap your mana rocks, or whatever artifacts that you need to untap. I think this has a lot of versatility. Oh, absolutely. But it also allows you to take your mutate and turn it into a bunch of creatures. Yeah. I did I did forget that. because. Yeah. Or your we talked about mutate. it in the last episode. When a mutate creature gets blinked, it comes back separated. Yeah. So instant speed, just pay an extra mana on your cycling cost and get four blockers or something. Yeah, and I don't think yeah, the mutant cycle are costs. coming together, right? Yeah. So I think that it's smart that they split it up the way they do. Like you really need to invest in blink or into cycling in order to get this blink effect consistently and make it good but i think that when you do god damn you're gonna just blow somebody out of the water yeah it definitely can be cool all right we also have essence scatter in the set which is great just one blue counter target creature spell but uh the next one is the hey your card does not have cycling on it let me go ahead and give that to you yeah, we've got Facet Reader, one in a blue for a one-two creature human wizard, and for one generic and a tap, draw a card, then discard a card. So, it is actually better than cycling, in the f- fact that you get to draw the card first. Draw first. Yeah, but, yep. I mean, it effectively does the same thing. Uh, Blue-red does have this kind of, like, discard draw theme. Um, so it's definitely going to be a powerful powerful tool in there, plus it's human. Uh, next card is Frostlings, which is one that I was talking about before. Two in a blue for a creature elemental cat when it enters the battlefield. Tap target creature and point controls that creature. Just not untap during controls. Untap step for a 2-2 creature. I love this card. Every single time they reprint it, I'm pretty hyped on it. Yeah, this card's so good. <laughs> Speaking of untap effects, we've got Frost Veil Ambush. For 3 blue-blue for an instant, tap up to 2 target creatures. Those creatures don't untap during their controls next untap step. And they also have cycling for 1. Yeah, good. Just good. Like You pay 5 mana to do that usually anyways. Fact that you can just cycle it away when you don't need it, or when it's just too early in the game. Good. Yeah, I think a good lot shit. of these sort of good finishers or things that help you end the game 
give just giving them cycling makes them so much better. Yeah, they're, yeah, it takes because them from good they, to incredible. Yeah, nothing feels as worse as when you draw your opening hand and you have your all your finishers and you're just like, well, <laughs> yeah, can't really do anything I can't there. Play any of the any of these. Yeah, it's just gonna like rip me. Uh, we've got Glimmerbell next, which I'm pretty excited to see what people do. With yeah, Glimmerbell, see this card broken. <laughs> yeah, uh, it seems like it's a good mutate target. Yeah, it has a lot of potential but I don't know to what be. What you're going to do to it? Uh, yeah. So it's one in a blue for an elemental jellyfish. It's a one three as flying, and for one in a blue, untap Glimmerbell. So we've got a lot of tap shit that we've talked about. Untapping is one of the strongest thing you can do in Magic. There's a lot of things that abuse it. A lot of things that are just get absolutely out of hand. If you can untap multiple times, the fact that it has colorless mana, not just colored, helps along that line. But that one blue means that you do have a little I bit mean, of cost. Realistically, yeah, this can give even just your big mutate creature flying and vigilance. Essentially, in, yeah. In the most basic, yeah. yeah. Seems cool. Yeah, the next one's also pretty cool. Yeah, we've got Gust of Wind. It's three and a white for a sorcery. And this spell costs two generic less to cast if you control a creature with flying. Return target non-land permanent you don't control to its owner's hand. Then draw a card. So what I don't like about this is that this is the worst version of like Blink of an Eye or Into the Royal. Just return target creature with its owner's hand, draw a card. Usually it's return target creature with its owner's hand for one in a blue, and then for one in a blue, also draw a card. I, I don't like that they split it the way they did, just to make it it's four, sometimes it's not. Uh, but I think the blue white skies deck is probably going to be efficient enough that you just pay two mana for this anyways, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I think yeah. this is a really strong effect, and because they made it care about flying, they kind of had made you jump through some hoops. Yeah. Also, Gary, in every blue card you've read, you're saying white mana for. Did I really? Yeah. <laughs> All the last couple I said ones. three and a white? Damn. And, white, and then Fuck the other couple hell. ones, you're saying one and a white and stuff like that. <laughs> All right, guys. Noted. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, I mean, if you want to talk about more cycling, we can, but I'd rather skip on over to Keep Safe. One in a blue. Counter target spell that targets a permanent you control. Draw a card. There's a lot of strong removal that targets in this format, specifically because there is mutate. That's a very strong mechanic. Watsy knows this. They know that there's going to be some shenanigans going on to try and remove stuff that you control. Uh, the fact that they just threw draw a card onto a two-mana counterspell, I'm a little bit upset with. Because the two-mana counterspell is already way too efficient. And the fact that you just replaces it for free, the point of counterspells is that you trade one for one and your cards, and that's it. And now you're up a card off of it. Watsy. Power creep. Do you know what it is? Stop doing it. <laughs> I was going to say, this card is going to find its way into pretty much wherever it finds itself legal in. Yeah, the next one. Talk about anti-mutate. Yeah, so this one's Mystic Subduel. <laughs> it's one in a blue for an enchantment aura with flash. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets minus two, minus zero, and loses all abilities. But so it the one also good thing has about- this, this reminder text. Mutating onto the creature won't give it new abilities. It can gain abilities in other ways. So yeah. I think that's really interesting. <laughs> It also seems like it's the same dinosaur from that other artwork. Just getting fucked, huh? Yeah, from... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Pacifist. There it yeah. is, yeah. Which is dope. Yeah. Uh, Want to talk about dumbass fucking counterspells again. Neutralize. One blue, blue. Counter target spell. Usually just a fair rate, right? That's just cancel. 
Uh, also has cycling for two. Why does my fucking counter spell need to have cycling? Sometimes you don't need. Dude, can you imagine being in the game with this though, where you like tap double blue, and they're like, ah, fuck, I'm getting countered, and then you just fucking cycle it. It's like, ah, <laughs> uh, you. I'll let it resolve. Gave, yeah, gave me a heart attack for that, and then they just draw a card, <laughs> and you're like, wait, did I win on this one? Like, what is the, what is the, what is the, the cost here? All right, Drew, you were hot on this the last episode. Yeah, I talked about of one mind last time. Two and a blue sorcery. The spell costs two less. So you control a human creature and non-human creature. We talked about when we were talking about white cards, having human and non-human, I don't think it's actually going to be that difficult. Drawing two cards for one mana, even if it's at sorcery speed, you're all about that. I also talked about Ominous Seas. For one and a blue, whenever you draw a card, put a foreshadow counter onto Ominous Seas, remove eight foreshadow counters, and you create an 8-8 blue Kraken creature token with cycling two. Obviously, the slots into the cycling deck or into the blue-red draw deck, which I guess also is going to have cycling in it in and of itself. Uh, yeah, it's it it's kind of early. It just, I think, if you just somehow work this into proliferate decks, you can also bust it. Like, it's so good. Yeah. Next one we got is Phase Dolphin. It's not even a dolphin though; it's a whale. It's yeah. What the fuck was it? A one-four <laughs> elemental whale creature. Whenever it attacks another target, cre- attacking creature can't be blocked this turn. That is a very very powerful ability, especially with this keyword we keep talking about. Big boys. <laughs> All right, guys. This next one, I don't know how raging you guys are, I'm, but I'm feeling this it. One, this, <laughs> this, one's, this one's too good. Too fucking good. We've got Polywog Symbiote. For one and a blue, it's a 1-3 creature frog that says each creature spell you cast costs one less to cast if it has mutate. That's already good. We know mutate's broken, and now we get to do it cheaper. Also, whenever you cast a creature spell, if it has mutate, draw a card, then discard a card. All right. Taking that every time. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, My favorite part about this card is the Godzilla artwork because it's baby Godzilla. Yeah, this one is super <laughs> fucking I love just... it. <laughs> this art, or this next card is terrible art, and I hate it. It's yeah, it's, it, yeah, it really is. So, Pouncing Shore Shark, perform a blue. It's a shark beast. It's a 4-3 creature and has mutate for three and a blue. It's got flash, so again, that flash deck. Uh, whenever this creature mutates, you may return target creature and opponent controls to its owner's hand. Hey, nice mutate creature you have. Well, now you don't have. Ouch. That's backbreaking. Yeah. But it's a it's a shark with arms, man. <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't like it. <laughs> like, it's kind of terrifying. It's so gross. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, I love enchantments. You guys know that. Recon mission. Sorry. Reconnaissance mission. Two blue, blue for enchantment. Whenever creature you control those combat damage to a player, you may draw a card. Uh, blue white guys, anyone? Just draw yeah, a bunch so of cards. This is it's like a um, a different version of Biden of Thassa because Biden of Thassa is the same first text, but it has make it makes your opponent's creatures attack instead of being able to cycle. So it's always solid. Yeah, uh, and this one also just has cycling too, which is great. So this next one I'm super excited about. It's startling development. For one and a blue, it's instant. Until end of turn, target creature becomes a blue serpent with base power and toughness for four. Also cycling for one. Uh, so in Modern Horizons, they had scale up, I think, which made yeah, I think that was target creature six, base power and toughness 6-4. Six, four. Uh, this is a more fair version of that, but it's also in blue, which means that it works with our unblockable infect creature. Uh, this card, I think, is actually going to be pretty strong in uh, modern that infect deck. We'll see how much play it actually gets, though. But the fact that it has cycling one is something that I think the Infect deck is pretty keen on because we don't really have a 
that much card draw or modal cards. It's basically just trying to kill your opponent as fast as possible. And while it's great, sometimes the infect creature is about to get removed or something like that, or you need uh, just a way to just churn through your hand because what you have is not that great. Sometimes base power and toughness 4-4 isn't as good as the base power and toughness 6-4 that you already have, so being able to get rid of this to scale up for something else, see what I did there, uh, is great. Nice. Yeah, I think it's really solid. Uh, we've also got Wingspan Mentor here. Another one of those, one of the ETBs, you put a counter on something, this time it's the flying counter. It's definitely just showcasing the blue-white skies deck even more, and for two and a blue, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control with flying. That is a very strong ability. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read the next one here. Our first foray you know, into black. Wingfold Terran? Uh, it's okay. I mean, but it gives hexproof counters. Yeah. Which is fucking good. I guess. I think that's the only thing that does. I think there's one other that does hexproof, but you're right. You're right. Wingfold Terran shouldn't be ignored. I mean, it's not a good card, but the fact that it gives hexproof counters. Yeah, it makes your mutate creature pretty dope because I think that you play this in any mutate deck just because hexproof is going to be dope. The fact that it's hexproof and not shroud, I think it was a very conscious decision that they made. Uh, but I think that would have been better if they had done shroud rather than hexproof counter because of how broken hexproof is. Yeah. But yeah, Bastion of Remembrance, we talked about in the last episode for two and a black, got an enchantment, uh, enters the battlefield, make a 1-1. One, one. White human, soldier creature token. Not a relevant subtext, right? Because whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Uh, all they ever wanted was to have a fair blood artist as an enchantment. Yeah, not only is it a blood artist that's hard to get rid of, it gets you started. It makes a creature. Like, yeah. If it didn't have that, it'd be okay. Uh, yeah. It'd still be a problem. But. Blood artist is definitely more broken in the fact that it cares about any creature dying, but this is this is the fair version, and it's and it's great. I love it. Yeah, super good. Uh, I wanted to love this card, but it's six mana. <laughs> so this yeah. one is Blitz Leech. It's five and a black for a five two with flash. When it enters the battlefield, target creature and opponent controls gets minus two, minus two until end of turn. Remove all counters from that creature. I just think that last part is so good. Yeah, it, I still think it's a blowout. It definitely can be. Like I, I look at it. One, it's a removal spell. Two, it is a you know anti counters strategy. Three, it's flash, so it may be a double removal spell. And four, yeah, it's it could actually so just be a crackback that they don't expect. Yeah, I just... Six mana. Yeah, it is six mana. So, I mean, six mana for all of those those things that I just said? Seems like a pretty fair card. That's true, that's true. And it's common, so you definitely get at least one. Well, what about a common removal spell that's four mana? I'm down. I'm a, I always run those. Uh, we've got Blood Curdle for three and a black. It's an instant destroy target creature. I'm in. I'm already on board, uh, but now you get to put a menace counter on a creature you control. So if you've got a mutate creature, you've got menace. If you don't, you have some shitty creature that has menace that is now a target for your mutate creatures. I'm in. Yeah, when you yeah. say say that last line, like because before I was like, I don't care about the the menace counter. Yes, there is a Rakdos menace sub theme, just like there is a Demir Flash. Uh, but menace, menace is uh, like one of the hardest keywords to evaluate. It's so fucking good, you guys. It is so good. I've died to menace. I don't know how many times, but I like I like the build around of this card, or not the build around, the idea behind this card, because it's like, oh, they have two creatures, and I don't have menace. I'm gonna destroy one of their creatures and give one of mine menace. Now it can't be blocked. Yeah, it's 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 good. It's good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you just run it for the removal. Like, yeah. 
Uh, one that you just run for the counter is Boot Nipper, which I find is just a very amusing. I uh, love that name. Yeah. One in black for a beast. It's a 2-1, and we're not sure it's a battlefield. It, you can put on it either a death touch counter or a lifelink counter. I don't know what world you live in where you don't put the death touch counter on it, except for maybe it's like your first creature of the game. Unless you have some way to give it unblockable or some shit, but even then, I still want death touch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe it should be Scorpion. Yeah, this is a nasty yeah, really should. thing. <laughs> I don't even know. So, next couple cards we have kind of play into the aristocrat sub-theme. Uh, Gary, you kind of have your little foray into aristocrats. I've, I've killed a few of my own creatures before. <laughs> and and your own bush. lands. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not just creatures, Gary will blow up. He'll blow up all of his shit. Uh, believe me, if I own it, I'll fucking murder it too. I've got, <laughs> He's very fair got bush it. meat. Very fair. Bush meat poacher for three and a black. It's a 2-4 creature human soldier. And for one generic mana and a tap, you can sacrifice another creature. You gain life equal to that creature's toughness and draw a card. Dope. Uh, the life gain, again, probably inconsequential in most areas. But get rid of your garbage creatures to draw a card. Yeah, draw a card, kill a token. Yeah. My problem tokens. is that this costs you essentially for the turn two creatures and a mana to do all of that. Yeah, I think it's it'll be better on True. opponent's turns where yeah, oh, yeah. you're just going to die anyways. This, yeah, this is where you're, like, so you're blocking and then you're like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get rid of this garbage. Uh, yeah. The next one we've got is Call of the Death Dweller. It's two and a black for a sorcery. Return up to two target creature cards with total converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Put a death touch counter on either of them. Then put a menace counter on either of them. Take away the counter bullshit. I'm on board. Add the counter bullshit. I was already on board. Super good. Yeah, this card is... This card is dope. It has reanimator. It's got your fucking... Three or less CMC stuff going on with it. I don't see a world in which this is a bad card. For reals. Because you just put, you get a, an aggressive card and a defensive card. You put Death Touch on the defensive card and the Menace on the aggressive card. It doesn't card. even matter. Like, whatever your aggressive, you could have two aggressive cards, throw a Death Touch counter on it. All of a sudden, you have a defensive card. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Like, yeah, it's, it's super versatile. Yeah. So the next one is. One of the reasons why I think Mutate is best in Soul Tide. Yep. Actually, they asked the next two. So we've got Cavern Whisperer for four and a black. It's a Nightmare 4-4 four, four creature. Mutate for three and a black. It's got Menace. And when this creature mutates, each opponent discards a card. So it's these kind of each opponent on Mutates that makes me think that maybe it might be a viable mechanic in Commander. Uh, but this card can be just absolutely backbreaking. Like it is higher CC. I still so think to get late. a critical mass of mutates in commander. I think there's enough. I, I was no. doing the math, and in Soul Tide, there's enough. And the other color trios, <laughs> you're struggling. Abzan Maiden. Abzan, eh, you're struggling a little bit. The next one we've got is Chittering Harvester, which is very similar. It's five and a black for a four six with mutate for four and a black. It's a creature nightmare, and whenever this creature mutates, each opponent sacrifices creature. Again, also yeah. So just uh, imagine you mutate Cavern Whisperer one turn, everybody discards a card. And then you do Chittering Harvester the next turn. Now then they discard a card. A bunch of and stuff. They, yeah, they have to discard another card and sacrifice a creature. It's good stuff. That's turn four and turn five. That's a pretty powerful turn four into turn five. 
Uh, next one we have is Corpse Turn. I believe it's a reprint. Uh, it's a card that we're always happy to have. Instant speed, one in a black. Put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. Then you may return a creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Regrowth effects are fine. Um, for one in a black to do a regrowth is actually pretty all right. It's not like a full regrowth because you are focused on creatures, but generally regrowth end up targeting creatures anyways. So to be able to self-mill and then do that, I'm all about. Uh, we also got another reprint in Dark Bargain, which I think was initially printed in Dominaria, and I absolutely love that set, so this card can do nothing wrong. Uh, it's three in a black. For an instant, look at the top three cards of the library, put two of them into your hand, and the other into your graveyard. Dark Bargain deals two damage to you. Instant speed, draw two cards, and take two damage. I'm doing it. Don't fucking care. Not yeah. only that, it's but look you get to draw it. Three cards. Uh, well, that's yeah, what, look yeah. at three that's cards. What I'm you get to draw three and put one in your graveyard. That's even better. Yeah, it's 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 all all good. Um, God, we just have so many good cards here. Dead weight, one of my favorite enchantments. It's because yeah. we're in the best black. Through <laughs> just one black enchant creature. Enchant creature gets minus two, minus two. One of the best common removal spells of all time. This is up there with shock. As in just yeah. Remember mythic. all those creatures we talked about? We're like, oh, this is a good card, but it only has. One toughness. One or two. That's why know. that. That's why that's such a bad. Yeah. Yeah. Shock is your is like your baseline <laughs> for for creatures, right? Two toughness, kind of yeah. bad. If you're only spending two mana on it, it's all right. Spending three mana, it's like ooh, that thing's gonna die. I just love the the artwork on it though. Yeah, durable collybug. I do not think is good enough to talk about. It's okay, but agreed. Up next, we've got Duskfang Mentor, Corey. For two and a black for a 1-3 human cleric. When it enters the battlefield, put a lifelink counter on target non-human creature you control. Then it has one and a black and tap it. Put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control with lifelink. So we've we've seen this effect a few times where it cares about the... It gives a counter, tribal. and then it also like makes that creature... Or sorry, the creatures with that keyword better. Yeah. This that one, cool. I think, is one... like. I hate to say it's one of the stronger ones, but I think that it actually is because incidental life gain is super powerful. Uh, and the way that they've done it here, where you're going to continue to make that life gain creature better, it's it's not going to win you the game necessarily, but it sure as hell is going to make your opponent really, really struggle to win the game. Yeah, it's going to keep you alive. It's going to get mana you mana sink time. is always nice. Yeah, mana sinks are great. Uh, yeah. The next one. This next one, I think, I thought you were talking about it when you were saying this one is one of the best, and I was agreeing. We've got Easy Prey, one in a black for an instant. Destroy target creature with converted mana cost two or less, but it's also got cycling for two. Yeah. Uh, artwork on this one, I think it's one of the best in so set. Good. <laughs> it's weird, but I like yeah, it. Yeah, because he thinks he's got the Easy Prey. Little does he know. He about to get eight. Uh... We got Balloon Pangolin, which I shouldn't have read out loud. Next one we have is Grim Dancer. One black, black for an uncommon nightmare creature. It's a 3-3. Three, three. When it enters the battlefield, you get to choose between three things. Get two counters. So, choose between Menace, Death Touch, and Lifelink. Like, this card. Whew, whew. This card will bust your nut. <laughs> Like a three three for three already saw a three three with menace touch lifelink. Well, just any one of those lifelink, like yeah, any one of those keywords, good. you're you're pretty stoked on the fact that you get two like lifelink death touch. 
like for three three like you're 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 sitting pretty on that like one. this is menace this life is, link menace death touch death touch menace this is so good even if mutate wasn't in the set but this as a mutate target is absolutely insane yeah uh next up we got heartless act which i talked about before one in the black destroy target creature with no counters on or remove up to three counters from target creature uh we just talked about how good counters are very yes yeah, so uh, i think this will it's, it's good against the mutate decks because you can get rid of the counters it's good against and it's decks. good against the non-mutate yeah yeah i think it's such a good thing is, is that the mutate deck doesn't necessarily have a lot of keyword counters but if it does get rid of it if they don't kill it hells yeah yeah, up next we've got another one of those hard-to-evaluate mutate cards. Insatiable Hemophage. Three and a black for a 3-3 three, three creature nightmare with mutate two and a black. It has death touch, which is great. But then it also says whenever this creature mutates, each opponent loses X life and you gain X life, where X is the number of times this creature has mutated. Again, this is one of those that's kind of unassuming. You put this on whatever you've already mutated, and you get a bunch of value off of it, you continue to mutate it, you're getting even more value off of it. This yeah, card is going almost, to kill you. It almost feels like a Grey Merchant of Asphodel in a way. I mean, it is. A very, very slow, slow one. <laughs> I, I think it's like, pretty quick. Because you can have I a bunch of little like mutates that it's as it goes. Two and a black for the mutate yeah, cost. I think it's very, very well costed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next one plays into that flash deck I was talking about. Uh, Lurking Deadeye for three and a black. It's a human assassin. It's a 4-2. And when it enters the battlefield, destroy target creature that was dealt damage this turn. Uh, very, very good in the flash deck. So next one we have is Memory Leak. Two and a black for a sorcery. Target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a non-land card from that player's graveyard or hand and exile it. And they also so, cycling one. This is one of the best sideboard cards in the set, in my opinion. Uh, having hand attack can be very powerful, but sometimes hand attack is just not what you need in a given moment. Um, late game, hand attack starts to get very bad, and so getting rid of it, just cycling it away. But the fact that this actually can target stuff in a graveyard is what really pushes this one over the edge for me, because there are so many graveyard decks roaming around in every single format. I feel like this card is always going to be good uh, as a sideboard card. Because, you know, you don't always end up with sideboard card. And three mana for hand attack spell is a bit expensive. But in the decks that want it, this card is going to be very good. In fact, you can just cycle away for one. It's borderline main main boardable. Yeah, I really like that one. The next one is... <laughs> you got you got to jump through some hoops. I love this one, though. Gary? It's mutual destruction for one black. You get a sorcery says this spell has flash as long as you control a permanent with flash as an additional cost to cast this spell you have to sacrifice a creature and then and only then you can destroy a creature so uh what is it bone splinter i don't like it yeah it's just it's I, bone splinters but potentially instant speed i love playing bone splinter i will basically always play bone splinter this is a potentially better version of bone splinter in a in a set that has a lot of flash matters uh the thing is, is that with additional costs, you play the spell and then you pay additional costs. So you can, I believe, sacrifice a creature with flash as your additional cost if you so need to. I mean, if you really got to get rid of that shit, it's always good to have removal. One mana uh, removal spell, even if you do have to get rid of a thing. And as we've seen, there are plenty of things that give you like little human stuff. Uh, 
Bone Splinters is a card that you play in sets uh, where there's like aristocrats because you do sometimes just need a way to sacrifice a creature and you do sometimes need a way to have removal. This has both. Uh, I'm doing it. Oh yeah, definitely playing it. Speaking of, you know, making human soldier creature tokens, uh, Night Squad Commando, two and a black human soldier when it enters the battlefield. If you attack this turn, create a 1-1 one, one white human soldier creature token. The humans deck does seem to be an aggro deck, so having that as a as baseline is pretty good. It's also just a 2-3 three for 3, which isn't too bad, and the fact that you can maybe have 3 power on the board for 3 mana is pretty big upside. Yeah, beat face. Yeah, the next one we have is Serrated Scorpion. It's a 1-2 for a single black. When it dies, it deals two damage to each opponent, and you gain two life. Uh, again, aristocrat strategy. If you're bringing it back, it's pretty solid. Uh, the fact that you do gain life off of it is even better. Um, Corey, I know this We've isn't got the each in there. Which this is isn't good. the uh, red version, but there's a lot of these sorts of effects. Um, suffocating fumes for two and a black. It's an instant. Creatures your opponent's control get minus one, minus one, till end of turn, and cycling two. Uh, these sort of uh, like wide-sweeping minus X, minus X spells generally work out pretty strong. Uh, I don't know if in this particular set it's going to be as good as it is in other sets just because I feel that there is a pretty big discrepancy between the X1s and the anything else in this set. Um, there's not a lot of... Oh, yeah. Like three ones, two ones, whatever. I feel like a lot of things actually do have higher toughness. So this may be more of a defensive countermeasure rather than an offensive trying to kill things. But the fact that it's cycling... It's definitely a good sideboard card, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even in a main board, the fact that you do have cycling on it, you're like, oh no, this is, isn't going to work the way I want it. Boop, go away. I think that's literally the best part about cycling is it makes... Oh, yeah. Sideboard cards, more main board. I think that's what cycling <laughs> is intended to do. All right, the next card we're going to talk about is Unbreakable Bond. Four and a black for a sorcery. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield with a lifelink counter. Now, this is my type of card. This card is way it's too expensive. expensive. Yeah, exactly. But fuck, dude. We're going back to the battlefield. We're not doing this regrowth shit. And we get a lifelink counter, which can potentially... It, it's a late game card, I think. But it's one of those ones that really can swing... The game. It just seems like one of those ones that can get you back into a blocking position and potentially help you swing back from a lower life total. Yeah, I think. But yeah, five mana. Lately, a lot of these return to the battlefield effects from the graveyard have been around four or five mana because that's way more balanced than the the one and two drops that we used to have. Yeah. One second, sorry. Yeah, anything that's worth one is too much. Just, just I mean, just animate dead will never they will never make a card like that there's a reason yep. a, a lot especially in Orzab in this set they're doing like CMC 3 or less or power 3 it's like there's been a few cards in the last few sets that care about getting tinier things and cheating them onto the battlefield but yeah and this doesn't care it's just whatever yeah and this like is, you, could just, you can get big stuff and that's why it comes yeah I think this actually minutes. plays more into the Golgari than it does into the Orzab just because it's more of a self-mill. Like, I would love to self-mill and then have this and bring back a giant thing for five mana rather than paying like six, seven, eight mana for it. Yeah, and I, I think yeah. this also works with cycling stuff because you can cycle it into the graveyard too and then bring it back yeah, later. Yeah, true. Absolutely. Um, so the next one I want to do is Unlikely Aid. Uh, I think that we've had this card before and I underestimated it before. It's one black for an instant target. It's plus two, plus two. It gains indestructible until end of turn. 
these little combat tricks have fucked me up way too many times for me to underestimate it anymore. Uh, I I, I'm going to start picking them up. I hate them. I hate them. Why is black giving shit indestructible? Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Well, I guess this next card actually goes back with the cheating it out of the graveyard. It's void Beckner, six black, black for an eight, eight with death touch nightmare horror. It has cycling for two and a black. And when you cycle it, put a death touch counter on target creature control. So you're telling me that on turn three or four, I can cycle this guy, give one of my guys death touch, fuck around for a little while. Then on turn five or six, I can return it to the battlefield with lifelink and death touch. And eight, and eight, do eight some lifelink, more death touch for five mana. That's okay, what yeah, I'm a fan of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Whispering Squad for just a single black mana. Uh, if any of you are familiar with uh, Squadron Hawk, this will be a reason why they named it Squad. Uh, it is a human soldier for 1-1, one, one, and for 1 in a black search library for a card named Whisper Squad, put it onto the battle tapped, and shuffle your library. Right, I, like I, to, I think this is a good turn 1 and a good turn 2. Yeah, absolutely. And potentially turn 3. Like, if you have an anthem effect or something like that, this becomes powerful. Oh yeah, they're humans, yeah. Solid. Yeah. Uh-huh. Alright guys, this last black card we've got is the Mamba. Zagoth Mamba for one black. It's a 1-1 one, one creature nightmare snake. Whenever this creature mutates, target creature and opponent controls gets negative two, negative two until end of turn. Turn one mutate target? Yeah, I'm down. Let's do yeah. it. We already talked about how good those are. Yeah, I think that this is... Yeah, exactly. I think this might be like the actual best one to have on turn one, but because it is uncommon and also puts you into black like immediately... Uh, I just think that the other one is, is actually the egg is going to be better for you, but it's also yeah, it's just very good. good. All right, Corey, I know that you're itching to talk about red. I want to read the first red card. Actually, I'm just joking on that one. Uh, but before we do, we do have, uh, Gary, and I believe you call it them, them bears. Them bears. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Uh, Gary, why don't you start us off here with... I have the solid gold, baby. This is Founder Solid Gold Premium Lager, sitting pretty at 4.4% alcohol oh, by volume. weak shit. Yeah, and 20 IBUs. And to be honest with you, it tastes like 10 IBUs. It's just... It's beer. You know what I mean? It, it's kind of reminiscent of a PBR to me. It's very clean and clear. Does not linger... Uh, it doesn't really have a hop characteristic, though it does have like a little bit, barely, of bitter. But it's just really lightly malted, lightly sweet, golden beer. I mean, it sounds great. Like It sounds crisp and refreshing, exactly what I want in a summer day. I will rate it name stope. Uh, 6 out of 10. <laughs> That's pretty good. Having it's just basic it. as shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's basic. That's the thing, is I think it's... For the person who likes to crush four, six beers in a night or whatever, it's but you great. want something a little bit more class. <laughs> yeah, right. You don't want to come in with the coors. Just grab a few of these tall boys. You'll look cool, but you'll still be able to smash. However, if you're looking for complexity, you're not going to find it here. It's just beer. Fair enough. Uh, I have the Templin Family Brewings Ferta Imperial IPA. This is a double IPA, the Dippa, if you will. Um, and oddly enough, a year ago, I probably would have tasted this and immediately handed it to Sean. Um, but as it is, double it's IPAs are significantly more drinkable than a lot of just standard IPAs. Uh, they have a lot more of like the fruity, hazy characteristics than what just normal IPAs do. Normal IPAs just feel like they throw in way too much bitter 
hops into the boil, whereas double IPAs, they have more of like a balancing hop in the boil and then like some dry hop action or maybe like 15 minute uh, hops to just bring out more of the oil characteristics. I, say, I wonder if double IPAs have more stages of hops instead That's of just correct. having a big, yeah, just a big load all at all yeah. once, you know? Yeah, double and triples is just the addition of hops at different times, I believe. Uh, and this one, I think that you would enjoy this one more than what the modern times was um, because the, the hops, while it does have that bitterness, it is more kind of floral, not so much fruity, but yeah. the, the bitterness isn't as harsh. And even though somebody, and I, I still love it, said 240 on the hop scale, <laughs> I feel like it's more it's of like a... 9,000. Yeah, right. Uh, I definitely feel like it's not the 40 that I gave a credit for at the beginning. It's definitely closer to like 60. But I feel like for an IPA, for a double IPA especially, that's pretty reasonable. Uh, it's not crushable, but it's still crisp and refreshing. And it's a, honestly a really lovely summer beer. Yeah, I actually really like i think i like more double ipas than i do regular ipas and i think yeah i know that that's kind of where i'm at what you guys were talking about just they're they're not as harsh or they're different kind of bitterness to them but my favorite ipa is the is melvin's two by four which is a double ipa my favorite one right now i think is melvin's hazy bloom or whatever that mind bloom because that one was incredible yeah and Corey, i think that you have one that i mean at least two of the three of us would be pretty keen on i like cranberries though so yeah, so this one I saw at the store. I was like, I've never heard of any of this. I don't know what this is, but it says wild sour in giant text. <laughs> and so I was like, hell yeah, I'm getting that. But yep. it's Distill Brews Wild Sour Series Cranberry Crike. It's a sour ale brewed with cranberries and sweet cherries. Mm. I love it. It's super crisp and really, really acidic, which is exactly what I look for in a sour. And it's got that astringency, that bile vinegariness that I love. But it also has the fruitiness, the cranberries and the cherries. Usually cranberries can be a lot, uh, have a lot of bitter notes, but this one, it, I think the sourness just counteracts all of it. It's got kind of the sort of a holiday spicy kind of thing going on. It's got some allspice and some cinnamon. So it's just okay. a really solid sour. I really like it. I, all right. I had to restrain myself not to drink the whole thing immediately. <laughs> well, I mean, good on you. Normally that's a thing because, you know, we want to have Gary and I be able to have a secondary uh, taste there. But with this social distancing shit, you can, you know, I drink away. It, man. Uh, beer of the show? I think, honestly, it's probably the distill, right? I mean, I don't know if we can really do beer of the show. Like, I love it. I think we can. Because this is a hard okay. one. You would like it. Drew, you'd hate it. Right. But to Gary be fair, I think it. that, like, to me, I'm never going to pick some basic-ass lager. From true, you know, a fine like a whatever company. I don't care who you are. Uh, Tempo families, for to Gary and you're not going to like. Corey, you're probably going to be pretty okay with. But I think that all of us can agree that the wild sour is going to be the most interesting, most complex, and the most flavorful. Well, when you put it that way, hell yeah, I chose better (laughs) than you guys. <laughs> okay, settle down. So when, I'm pretty sure I got one of those chilling in my get, closet. Whenever we get back together, I'll have to buy you one of these so you guys can try Fair it. enough. All right, so the first one we have in red is Blazing Volley. It's just one red, and of course, this is the one you were talking about. Blazing Volley does one damage to each creature your opponent's control. Imagine having a board wipe for one, and imagine having your creatures get buffed for it. Uh, yes. 
is so good against the human deck. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's insane. Uh, it's, this one is usually is a sideboard card, um, but it is a one-sided board wipe, potentially, which is super good. The human deck still actually likes to run this one just because one extra damage is pretty pretty awesome uh, for X2s because when you are attacking them with a bunch of 1-1 one, one tokens, you don't really care about them as much. And to make them have to make the decision of blocking is super important in that deck. And so usually they can just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to block all day because your creatures are tiny. But if it's like, oh, I might actually have to trade my creature for your shitty little creature, and you're only spending one mana to do it, it's pretty dope. Uh, the next one, I keep on reading as a goblin, and it's it's not. It should it's be. Gremlin. It's dope, though, Fuck because <laughs> non-creature spells I'm all about. It's so a little it's a, mini shangle. It's a single red for a 1-1. One, one. It's Blister Spit Gremlin. So it's a gremlin. You what can a tap. Name. Uh, colorless and tap it and it deals one damage to each opponent and then whatever you cast a non-creature spell untap it I love effects like this I think that these effects are usually underrated um, but that extra one mana that you have to pay is really going to slow you down yeah that's my only bad like what I think is the hindering this card because a lot of these effects you just tap them yeah for sure Uh, the next card uh, is a card that I Wait think it. it is just going to be insane, um, but you know we'll we'll find out. So this is Blitz of the Thunder Raptor. So for one in a red, it's an instant Blitz of the Thunder Raptor deals damage to target creature or planeswalker equal to the number of instant sorcery cards in your graveyard. If that creature or planeswalker would die this turn, exile it instead. I love effects like this. Um, I think that I probably am going to slot this into some of my commander decks because of the way that they operate. And I think that oh, yeah. I'm probably just going to kill slash exile a bunch of shit. Yeah. This is late game. This is just a powerhouse. Yeah. The next card, um, there's, I don't know if you guys have seen, but, uh, there's this cool cycle. I think it's in yeah. Wooburg. Uh, and it's like the, the dinosaur and friend, uh, like story. Yeah. Cause I think, so this one's cathartic reunion. It's one in a red sorcery. It's just cost cast a spell, discard two cards, draw, draw three cards. Solid red, love it. Discard drawing, uh, non creature. This is all of the things that is it wants to do right now. The I know the blue card is capture sphere. Capture sphere, yeah, because this dinosaur is captured and this guy frees him, and yep. now he's it's their cathartic reunion because they're back together. It's sweet. Aww, <laughs> yeah, it's, and then there's uh, another I, I, card where. Yeah, I think that there's. I think it's in. I think it's actually in Wooburg. I think there's one of each. Oh hell yeah, uh, Garyan. What do you got on this next one? This next one is a very, very red card. We've got three red red for a Clash of Titans. It's an instant target creature fights another target creature. I think no ownership so needed. Because it's, it's not, not your own creature. creature. Yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm going to have your best thing fight your other best thing. And they're both going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, five mana is a lot, but it's instant speed. And like Corey yeah. and I were saying, it's not your creature versus their creature like most green fight spells are. Then we've got Cloud Piercer, which is four and a red for a 5-4 creature dinosaur with Mutate for three and a red. It has Reach, and whenever this creature mutates, you may discard a card. If you do, draw a card. Every part of this creature is green, except for the, like, the last little part of it. The mutate. Yeah, yeah. A, a rummaging green creature. <laughs> uh, the next one. This is the other like banger of the cycle deck. It's Dranith Stinger for one and a red. It is a human wizard for two two creature that has whenever you cycle another card, Dranith Stinger deals one damage to each opponent in cycling for one. Discard. 
this card is going to absolutely win games. Like, undoubtedly. Like, I don't care what format you're playing in. If you like yourself some of the old cycling, this card, you're going to love. Oh, yeah. It just puts people on the clock. And I think something really cool you can do is if you put a lifelink counter on it, you can just sort of outbound This card's your insane. <laughs> well, I love that. This, the next name of this next card, fucking dumb. Yeah. It's Ferocious <laughs> Tigerilla. Three and a red for a 4-3. It enters the battlefield your choice of a trample counter or a menace counter on it. So, I, I mean, mean it's just cool. a really good creature. I think the name is just dumb. <laughs> yeah, it is indeed. I think this next one is a really cool burn spell. It's Fire Prophecy. It's one in red for an instant. It deals three damage to target creature. You may put a card from your hand on the bottom of your library. If you do, draw a card. So it kind of cantrips you. And then this next one is a, another interesting burn spell. It's Flame Spell. It's two in a red for an instant. It deals four damage to target creature. Excess damage is dealt to that creature's controller instead. So it's an instant with trample. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So again, this is one of those ones that I'm saying that Ikoria was tested in Unstable. There's literally yeah. a burn spell with trample, and this is just like the actualization of that. I'm a fan. So dope. Yeah, I yeah, love like that those... they took an unset mechanic idea and they turned it into a real thing. Yeah, it's, it's like those other burn spells where it does so much damage to a creature and then it does... Creature or damage that creature's controller as well. So you guys were all huppity puppity about this next one. It's Footfall Crater for one red. You get an enchantment aura that says enchant land. Enchanted land has tap, target creature gains trample and haste until end of turn. It also cycles for one generic. Oh yeah. So I love this card. (laughs) It's just giving something, tapping a mana and giving something haste. So good. Yeah, imagine every turn. Spend one mana. Give whatever creature you just cast haste. Uh, next one is Forbidden Friendship. So this, I think, is the first one of the cycle. I think it's actually only like three cards. I was just looking it up, and it's like Forbidden Friendship, Capture Sphere, and Cathartic Reunion. Uh, it's just sorcery for one and a red. Create a 1-1 one, one red dinosaur creature token with haste and a 1-1 one, one white soldier creature token. So two mana, you get a blocker and an attacker. I guess that's fine. You're getting like teary-eyed. It. We got Frenzy Raptor, which is just a cool reprint from Ixalan. Not actually a very good card. Uh, and Frill Scale Mentor. So this is the red version of the uncommon creature. When it enters the battlefield, creates a counter for something else. This time it's the Menace counter. Uh, and whenever you tap it for two and a red, put a plus and plus and counter on each creature you control with Menace. So you get the Menace counter on something else. You buff it up. Uh this one is actually pretty strong. Like I said, Menace is pretty difficult to evaluate. Uh, when to block, when to not block. How much do you actually invest in killing their creature? If they've got something like this, like onboard tricks, it makes it even that much more difficult to figure out. Uh, speaking of which, go for blood. Go. I feel like this is a this is a card that you be like slavering, slavering. That's literally uh, Corey in like, the artwork with this <laughs> tiger bat thing. So it's one in a red for a sorcery. Target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. And also Cypress nice. for one. It's just really good red removal. Again, how Situation. is this not in green? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this is such a green card. What the fuck? They got to throw some love because I guess there's only a couple burn spells. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's only a couple. Uh, this next one, I'm actually pretty stoked about when it comes to red cards. Yeah, so we've seen something very, very similar to this a few times, but the fact that it leaves behind a permanent effect 
is just that much better. Um, so this is heightened reflexes. For just a single red, instant, target creature gets plus one, plus oh, until end of turn, put a first strike counter on it. That's good. The fact that the counter stays, like, you generally see something like this, and it's like plus two, plus oh, and first strike, and this is just like, hey, your shit is going to survive because it's got first strike, and now it's also just going to hold on to first strike. Yep. This card, I'm so honestly surprised that this isn't an uncommon. Like, I can be. see this as an uncommon and wouldn't even blink an eye. No. Uh, Momentum Rumbler is the next one. Momentum Rumbler is three and a red for a 3-3. Three, three. Whenever it attacks, if it doesn't have first strike, put a first strike counter on it. And then it also has another ability. Whenever it attacks, if it has first strike, it gains double strike until end of turn. Well, shit. Corey, is okay. this not like one of your favorite cards of the set? Like, come on. Yeah, this this card's so cool. Like... It, you basically but like it's kind it of like level up. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. No, that's a really good way to think about it. But the way I read it is that it never doesn't have first strike on. Yeah, it's always solid. Like if if it doesn't have first strike, you're not walking with it, and you're absolutely fucking attacking with it. And then every single time you attack with it, like it gets the first strike counter. And so the first combat, it just has first strike. Like it can't see both the first time it attacks as getting the first strike counter, and also since it already has the first strike counter, it would get the double strike. So, first time it attacks, yes, it just has first strike. But a 3-3 three, three first striker for four mana is pretty solid. 3-3 three, three double striker for four mana is absolutely backbreaking. All right, so next this one. next dude, I'm not a huge red guy, so I'm going to need you guys to teach me whether this card is cool or not. It's Porcuparrot, which is a fucking stupid name. Oh, I thought <laughs> three you'd like this red. one. You and your brother love Portmanteaus. I thought you'd love this one. I, I, I just don't like Porcupine and Parrot, but uh, yeah, we do like Portmanteaus a lot, but mostly because it's dumb, and that's the point. Uh, it's a 3-4 creature bird beast with mutate for two and a red, but if you tap it, this creature deals X damage to any target where X is the number of times this creature has mutated. Now, we can assume that at least a couple times you're going to be dealing only one or two damage. Is it worth it to have a 3-4 that you can only ping for one or two? Or do you guys like this guy? Uh, if it has Vigilance, I love this guy. Yeah, I think... That's true. On the I think face, it's not that good, but I yeah. think the potential can be really good. I think... It's the fact that it's any target, right? It can hit Planeswalkers, and I think that that's pretty valuable in and of itself, uh, especially with War of Sparks still going to be in the same standard cycle as what this one is. Um, I think that this card has a lot of potential, but you do need to invest in Mutate, where red is not one of the like strong Mutate colors, in my opinion. So it's kind of a weird offshoot where, realistically, it is just going to kind of be a you know one or two damage. But one or two damage adds up pretty damn quickly. In and I mean, it is of sort of a defensive card. It does have four toughness, so you can leave it up as a blocker and then yeah, my yeah. turn. My favorite card to pair this with this not visions is the jellyfish that you can untap. Absolutely untap it. Yeah. That'd be dope. Yeah. That's kind of what my thinking was is that if there is a red blue mutate deck, then I would love to see Porky pair with the jellyfish with some of the, the draw mutate stuff. And I, I think that that is where it could have a lot of potential. But realistically, I think that on its own, it it's difficult to evaluate. Like it's legitimately one of the, the most difficult to evaluate mutate cards because yeah. you see some of them. Because we like, usually eh, like pingers. Like the trebuchet was always great, but it was less right. But the trebuchet, I think, was also a common right that you could right. get multiples of. And like three trebuchets are great because they block. They have reach. They have one power with like three toughness, which definitely was underrated. And then also they just fucking ping for days. And if you can get this at like three on the mutate, how like you have to invest 
three creatures to get this into three mutate. That's a pretty fair bit. Like, why would you not just be attacking at that time? Now, I think that, that taking a step back to evaluate this one is, is definitely a good call. Gary, your, your card evaluation's gone up. You, like, leveled up. I'm leveling boop, up. Boop, boop. Starting to look at red with a, a tinge of curiosity. <laughs> uh, but no, I think, like, if you could make a mono-red mutate deck, I think Pork Barret could be a, a fun fun card, but I just don't know if that's there. Uh, Prickly Marmoset is the next one. I think that the fact that this card has First Strike really just kind of makes it go from, oh, all right, not too bad, to, oh, okay, pretty good. Uh, so it's two and a red for a 2-3 with First Strike. That's fine stats. Those stats are great. Whenever you cycle a card, Prickly Marmoset gets plus two, plus zero. Until end of turn. Cycling is instant speed, yeah. as I'll remind people. This card is really good defensively. It's really good offensively. Uh, the fact that anytime you cycle a card, uh, you can do that at instant speed, so cycling effectively becomes a combat trick for you with this guy. Uh, there's a lot of cycle for one in this set, which I think is kind of just overpowered as fuck. Yeah, because you can do that multiple times a turn if you have the card oh, yeah, mana. Like, how many times have we seen in past sets... Spend two mana to give a creature like plus two, plus zero, oh, and first strike. And now you can do that twice, essentially. While drawing a card. While, exactly. While replacing those cards immediately. Uh, yeah. All right. How about another portmanteau, Garion? So we've got a Pyroceratops, which is three and red for a two, three creature elemental dinosaur with trample. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put a plus one, plus one counter on Pyroceratops. We've got a nice little spell slinger target. I think it's good in, in Spellslinger deck. Like, honestly, Spellslinger decks lack creatures to hold down the board with. And this one has Trample on it to help you finish the game. And that's another thing that Spellslinger decks lack, is ways to finish the game. There's a lot of ways to stay in the game to kill enemy creatures, uh, stop spells, whatever. Like, Counter Burn is great, but sometimes the burn in Limited is directed at creatures and Planeswalkers, not at players. The next one... I mean, we were talking about how red has some instants for one in the red. So, Raking Claws, one in the red for an instant target creature gains double strike until end of turn and cycling two. Uh, this can win you the game out of nowhere. Yeah. And if it's early game, just pitch it. Or if you don't need it, cycling helps every time. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's probably going to be like the most repeated thing we say on this episode. It's just yeah. cycling makes every card better. Uh, the next one, I fucking love this, this card. card. I fucking so love this good. card. <laughs> so, it's Reptilian Reflection, 2 and a red enchantment. Whenever you cycle a card, you may have Reptilian Reflection become a 5-4 dinosaur creature with Trample and Haste, in addition to its other types until end of turn. So it stays in enchantment Damn. the entire time. I'm a fan of that. Uh, I mean, yeah, it does double the weakness on it, but also... You play this on turn four, you cycle something for one. Turn four, you have a 5-4 dinosaur with trample and haze coming in. Exactly. And I love that you can also do it on other people's turns. So it's like, yeah, I don't, like if I you don't need know to, blocker. Oh, I got a 5-4 yeah. out of nowhere. Like, it makes combat difficult for your opponents. It's just like, oh shit, he's got one, like literally only one mana up. He yeah, can still yeah, do it. doesn't do matter I, what color do you I have. Do I swing at this guy or no? Yeah. And so like, uh, I just, oh man, the design on this card is absolutely perfect like i think the power and toughness on it scales pretty well with where it's at uh like mana cost because you're playing on turn three you're likely not going to be able to do it you know a zero zero mana cycler that's fine turn four all of a sudden becomes a real threat but it only has four toughness so like there's a lot of wiggle room there for what your opponents can do i just think that i think it's a really well designed card 
Next one we got is rooting Moloch four and a red for a four four lizard. Molich. Malash. Molash. When it enters the battlefield, exile target card with a cycling ability from your graveyard until the end of your next turn. You may play that card, and then also has cycling too. So, the downside of cycling is you're throwing cards away that you might be able to use later. And this guy says you can do that. Yeah, and it comes down usually around turn five, so you already have stuff in your graveyard. And you get that stuff back. It's great. And it's until your next turn. So that's that's great. That's great. I love it. Very good. Uh, ex- up next, we've got Rumbling Rock Slide 3 and a red for a sorcery. Rumbling Rock Slide deals damage to target creature equal to the number of lands you control. Normally, I, this I one hate sounds effects pretty like cool. this. But this is a weird one. <laughs> yeah, like no one hate effects like this, but the fact that it is four mana means that you're always going to be doing four damage. Four damage for right. four mana is fair, but there's been a fair amount of like subtle lands matter throughout the past few sets, and I think that if there is a land stick, now is the time to be playing it, and it is going to be involving red. So I think that. It might be relevant in a lands matter deck. I just wish it didn't say target creature. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, imagine this in a board as a board wipe. Ugh. It'd be sick though, right? <laughs> no, because in EDH it'd just be fucking broken. Exactly, it'd be ludicrous. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, next one, we've got one of our uh, keyword counter cyclers. So sanctuary smasher, four red, red, first strike, cycling two in red. We cycle it. You can put a first strike counter on target creature control. Pretty dope, and it's a 6-4 on its own. If you can bring this one back with something like Rudy Moloch, not too bad, not too shabby. Down. So now we've got some primo sideboard material. We've got Shredded Sails, one in red for an instant. Choose one. Destroy target artifact, or it deals four damage to target creature with flying. But it also has cycling, too. Would you play this in a mono-red EDH deck? Mono-red EDH? No. You don't think so? No. If it did four damage to anything... Yes. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Because of the with flying, huh? Yeah. You're just never gonna hit. That's fair. All right. Up next, we've got Spell Eater Wolverine, two and a red for a three-two creature Wolverine. Can they have Wolverine, Wolverine. but they don't have a fucking dolphin subtype? (laughs) Yeah, that's some bullshit. They had to give that shit a whale. (laughs) Uh, Spell Eater Wolverine has double strike as long as there are three or more instant or sorcery cards in your graveyard, which there always are. I mean, come on. I like it. That's cool. Yeah. Double strike uh, sucks, dude. I the downside on this one is that this thing gets shocked. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But but a three, three two, two double, double strike. strike is pretty fucking good for three mana. Uh, the next one is one that I'm gonna I'm gonna play way yeah, way more than I, I should. Like this card. <laughs> uh, it's tentative connection. So for three and a red sorcery, gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap that creature. It gains haste until end of turn. So I love threat effects, but this one also has this little bonus. This cherry on top, if you would. Uh, this spell costs three less to cast if you control a creature with menace. So for one mana, oh no, you can thread something. <laughs> that, that, that fucking mutate creature I spent nine turns on. No. Oh god, I hadn't even thought of it in concept. <laughs> like all I was thinking about is my Marchesa deck, which has a couple of menace creatures on its own. It's just like, would I spend four mana for a threat and effect? No. Would I spend one mana? Every goddamn time. <laughs> Seriously. I love it. I love it. Um, I think we just jump into green, shall we? Yeah, so this first green card is Adventurous Impulse. It's uh, just a single green for a sorcery. Look at the top three cards of your library. You may reveal a creature or land card from among them and put them into your hand. 
put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So this is just your standard green. Just get some creatures or some lands. Card manage you. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I've lost this kind of shit every time at a pre-release, so <laughs> yeah, it's always good. The next one is, in my opinion, tied for number two. <laughs> yeah, as as the like second best creature that you can have as your mutate. Um, tied for number two because of the black one drop, obviously. Uh, so it's one green for creature brushwag again. A fucking brushwag. It's a fucking creature type. But a dolphin doesn't? Brushwag tribal. So Almighty Brushwag <laughs> has trample, and for three and a green, Almighty Brushwag gets plus three, plus three until end of turn. So it's a one-one on its own, but the fact that it's a mana sink late game, this card, mm-hmm. especially as a mutate, it's going to give the thing trample, it's going to have that activated ability, this, this card is going to win games. Period. Whether it's mutate or not, this card is going to win games. Yeah, I love it. Just see if you can load it up with other counters and stuff. Uh, this next one, I think, is what makes Mutate more viable in EDH. Yeah, we've got Auspicious Starks. Four and a green for a 6-6 six, six creature Elk Beast with a Mutate cost of five and a green. So notably, more mana this time, not less. Whenever this creature mutates, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile X permanent cards, where X is the number of times this creature is mutated. Put those permanent cards onto the battlefield. Damn, son. So, cheating a mana cost fucking around. is one of the most powerful things you can do in Magic. But, they specifically did not add non-land permanents to this card for a reason. Corey, uh... I refuse to read this card, so this next So this one, I think, is going to see a lot of play, especially in Standard. It's Barrier Breach. It's two and a green for an instant. Exile up to three target enchantments, and it has Cycling 2. So this gets rid of the gods. Gets rid of anything you might be bothering you today. Like, I think this is just solid. This is one of the best cards in the set. They didn't include any downside on it, because it's up to three, so you don't have to get exactly three for it to fizzle. Uh, that's, instant that's the speed part that exile. Fucking, what the fuck, man? Like instant speed exile, three mana target enchantment would yeah. already be fine. Usually, you have with to pay the cycling cost, two mana for one thing. This is three yeah. mana for three things, and that's a destroy effect. Yeah, right. And like, yes, it's an uncommon, <laughs> but like, this thing is fucking ridiculous. This Guys, card, I'm telling you, if you get this in your packs, snatch it up. Yeah, like this card, it honestly like frustrates me. Because of the power creep, because enchantments used to be a pretty safe thing to play. There was always like a, a cost to enchantments, right? Which a lot of them are kind of do nothing unless you have other things going on. And enchantment removal has become pretty fucking good over the years to the point where we have this now. And so Which it I is. I think it did specifically because of gods. Oh, yeah. It's literally because of Theros and the gods. But it, it I don't know. As someone who does play way too much enchantments, uh, but it's again, just like. This thing, I still think it would be not broken, but just really good without cycling. You have to be all Absolutely. in. You may run into an area where nobody has enchantments. Well, guess what? It's got cycling, so you could just fucking yeah. bitch it. Who cares? Yeah. Um, Bristling Boar is Man. a pretty cool reprint. Um, three and a green for Boar. Can be blocked by more than one creature. Uh, how about one of our Apex Predator bonus cards? Charge of the Forever Beast. Two and a green for a sorcery as an additional cost to cast this spell. Reveal a creature card from your hand. Charge of the... 
<laughs> Charge of the Forever Beast deals damage to target creature or planeswalker equal to the revealed card's power. I choose uh, Void Lenore. No, uh, the yeah. one four. I choose one four with Digest. Gigantosaurus. Oh, fuck. 10 10. Right. My ass. I think this is really cool, flavorful, on point green removal. Yeah. All the things you said. Agreed. Because it cares about big creatures. Like, and that's all green does. <laughs> uh, Corey, you seem to be a pretty, pretty key on mutate a little bit. How would you like it if whenever you mutated, that creature got plus one, plus one counters and you gained life? I'm down, especially if it's onto the egg, which already gets counters. Ooh, what if that creature, sir, what if that effect came in on just a 2-2 creature for two men? Oh, shit. They should make that card. No, they did. It's called Essence Symbiote. Notably, though, this one doesn't say whenever this creature mutates, it's whenever any creature you control mutates. So that's yeah. really helping out. Yeah. I mean, you can throw it on this guy, and this guy just gets bigger and bigger and yes, whatever. Yes. Uh, the next one is it's part of the, the Golgari cycle of just self mill. So it's excavation mole. It is a creature mole for 3 3, and it has trample. And whenever it enters the battlefield, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. Again, a lot of flavor going into the mole, right? A little <laughs> bigger, throwing shit in your bin. Uh, it's also just a very good card. I think that three, three as, an, trample, as a common. Three, mills three, solid. Yeah, like, so many people are going to look at this and be like, oh, no, it mills me three. Just like, hell yeah, it's milling me three. All right, next we've got Exuberant Wolf Bear for three and a green. It's a 4-4 four, four creature wolf bear. Whenever Exuberant Wolf Bear attacks, you may change the base power and toughness of target human you control to Exuberant Wolf Bear's power and toughness until end of turn. So, again, I don't know, man. How humans, many humans do we have? It doesn't matter. Who cares? You want the human to be small so that you can give Wolf Bear's power and toughness to it. Let's pump up Wolf Bear, give my human that power and toughness. Let's go fucking smash face. Wolf Bear tribal. Sorry, Wolf Bear human tribal. So this is part of the OBS on humans. Um, humans is generally going to be more focused in Mardu, but obviously there's going to be support in other colors. And this is greens. Like, hey, you can also use green in the human tribal deck. Uh, the next card. Uh, Corey, I feel awesome. like... Love this card. This is, yeah. This is a You've played this card more than I have, which is saying a lot, because I've played a lot of Fertilid. Yeah, so Fertilid is two and a green for a zero, zero, zero elemental. It enters the battlefield with two plus one, plus one counters on it, and you can pay one and a green and remove a plus one, plus one counter from it, and then target player searches their library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, and then shuffles their library. So there are two decks that I've played a lot of Fertilid in. There's my lands deck from Modern, and there is my Miracle Grow deck from Modern. And both of them love Fertilid. Like you, you just can't go wrong. Anytime you play Fertilid, you can't go wrong. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's slower ramp, but it's at instant speed eventually. Yeah. So, and it's, it's so aptly named. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> love it. All right. Gary, why don't you the next two? Okay. Uh, first one we've got is Flycatcher Girafid, which is four and Girafid, come on. Giraffe. I guess he does look like a bit of a giraffe, doesn't he? It's a giraffe lizard. <laughs> Except we've gotten what the fuck, man? I didn't read through this card. <laughs> so it's four and a green for a three-five creature antelope lizard. Again, with the shafting. Flycatcher Giraffid enters the battlefield with your choice of a vigilance counter or a reach counter. Makes sense as a giraffe okay. slash lizard. Yeah. <laughs> slash antelope. 
All right. Then the next one we got is fully grown, two and a green for an instant target creature gets plus three, plus three until end of turn. Put a trample counter on it. I like that because, again, we're upgrading what we've already had with a counter that stays. Yeah. I think in previous sets, plus three, plus three, and trample end of turn, you'd been happy with. And now that fucking counter just, it just stays. Speaking of super hey, we good. we got a spider. It's good plus one, plus one counter stuff. Glowstone Recluse. It's two and a green for a two, three. Spider. It's got mutate for three and a green, but it has reach. And then whenever this creature mutates, put two plus one, plus one counters on it. Damn. That's that's a lot of counters. Yeah, that can get out of control real fast. That takes two turns and you kill someone. Uh, next one is Greater Sandworm. As a repeat from Almond Cat, we've got five green, green for a worm creature. It's a seven, seven. And it can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. It also has cycling for two. So in Omnicat, you generally wanted something that has pretty high power as a finisher. Um, in Mutate decks, this one might actually be viable. Cycling decks, this one is definitely viable. In general green decks, this one is absolutely viable. So uh, In regrowth decks, this... Or re-animate. I guess not regrowth, reanimate decks, this is yeah, definitely this, this one. It's weird because in Omkit, it didn't it didn't quite feel as good as what I think it's going to feel in this set. I think this card is actually just going to be some fucking value town all over the place. Yeah, Omkit had a couple uh, cycling matters cards, but I think this set has way better ones. Yes, yeah, it has more and better cycling in Omkit was okay. Uh, Drake Haven being, I think, one of the best yeah, cards that came out of it, so and obviously <laughs> the. What's it called? What's the the colorless chosen one, fallen one, hollow one? And obviously, hollow one. There's literally a deck built around it because it's it's a broken card. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, but I think that this set is gonna well, I mean, it's gonna make the hollow one deck the better. I'll tell you that much. So the next one is Hornbash Mentor. This is the green version of it. Enters the battlefield. You put the trample counter on it this time instead of first strike or one of the other counters. And for two and a green. Tap it, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature, control, trample. This card is very, very dangerous. The menace counter was dope. Having a first strike counter would be dope. But trample counter, like, you're, you're, this is, you don't care about anything else after you play this card. Every single turn, you're just dumping mana into this. Yeah, this just helps you win. It's just, because usually creatures with trample are already big. And so this makes them even bigger. Like one more and you more. just get a bonus bonus one, right? You just throw a non-human creature. You're like, hey, guess what? You're Trample Boy now. <laughs> get in there. And you do it instant speed. Like Up next, we've got Humble Naturalist. It's one in the green for one, three. Creature, human, druid. Tap and add one mana of any color. Spend this mana only to cast a creature spell. This card is the opposite of Power Creek. Like, there's so many cards that just get better and better over time. But this is a two mana, one, three that only adds mana for creature spells. Yes, this is a creature-intensive set, but goddamn, this card is just... You're going to play it, and you're probably going to be pretty happy when you use it, its ability, but, like, can I have Lanor Elves back? No. I mean, it's a mana of any color, so it does fix you in the three- and four-color decks, but... I mm. guess? I don't know, man. I ain't big on it. desperate to be throwing this guy in there. Uh, how about next up, we just talk about Lead the Stampede. So Lead Stampede is two and a green for a sorcery. Look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal any number of creature cards from among them. Put the real field cards into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So potentially in Magic Christmas Land, pay three, draw five. 
That's insane. In green. In, yeah, in green. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this card, I think, is going to see play in several formats. Uh, next one we have is Migration Path. Uh, we talked about this one on the last episode. So, three in the green for a better version of Explosive Vegetation. So, it's a sorcery. Search your library up to two basic land cards. Put them onto the battlefield, tap, and shelf your library. And it also has cycling for two. So, Explosive Vegetation is the exact same card minus the cycling. So, why not just throw in cycling to make it better? You like ramps? Well, kind of sometimes you like to draw cards. Yeah, sometimes drawing a ramp card doesn't help. Well, what about ramp on mutate? Gary, how do you like this next card? Uh, looks wild, if you look at the artwork. Migratory Greathorn for three and a green. It's a three-four creature beast with a mutate cost of two and a green. Whenever this creature mutates, search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield tap, then shuffle your library. All right, so uh, how again, about we read this card? Reread it, right, as... Pay three mana. Target creature you control becomes a three four and search your library for a basic land card, put on the battlefield tap and shuffle the library. Yeah, again, I think it's like good. that's dumb. That, that card, it's, like just the way I read that would be dumb as fuck. And now it's better than that. I was gonna say, I think especially in the mutate deck, it's just again another one of those good targets to have in that stack of things. Yeah. Like you always you know, eventually value. without interaction, you're just going to be triggering <laughs> your gain a life, draw a card, find a land or whatever, you know. Yeah. Like I'm not going to say no to that. Yeah, I think this is the core of the EDH version of Mutate, but it's definitely not like a bad thing to have in any deck. Like turn a creature into a 3-4 and also go put a land onto your battlefield. So next one is Monstrous Step. Four in the green for sorcery. Target creature gets plus seven, plus seven until the turn. Up to one other target creature blocks it this turn, if able. And then has Cycling, too. I like Cycling. Yeah, and this is kind of a removal spell. Because you just make their most valuable creature block your dude. Yeah. And it's probably going to have Trample. And then just get it. Remove creature slash kill somebody. Yeah. I don't know, it's, uh, it's, it kind of feels bad paying five mana. To yeah, get that's kind of the the big downside on this one. But the yeah. fact that it also just has cycling for two. Yeah, that's like, true. Like I feel like cards better. like this is where you see where they've upped the mana cost on something like this, and then just throwing cycling on is kind of like a. Eh, sometimes you don't want it. Yeah. Um, ram through one green for an instant. Target creature you control does damage to its power to target creature you don't control. That creature you control has trample. Excess damage is dealt to that creature's controller instead. So this is a one-sided fight, and it has the instant has trample. Yeah, basically <laughs> another one of those but, weird things. <laughs> yeah, so this is I think that Watsi calls them bite cards instead of fight cards, mm. uh, just where your creature deals damage. This card is insanely strong. Yeah, uh, I think this, awesome. this this is a card that's going to be underrated. Um, fight cards are usually about two mana. Bite cards are usually three or four, so the fact that this is now an instant at two mana for basically just a free removal spell that can also deal damage. Yeah, this you you should pick this up anytime you're in green. This is your like premium green removal spell, and yeah. it's that common, which is even better. Yeah, you could potentially block something or swing in, and then before uh, damage, use your creature that's probably going to die and kill another thing and get two for one. Yeah, absolutely. I guess two for two. Love it. Uh, don't care about the next one, but the one after that. Just, uh, look me some modals. So we've got Survivor's Bond. One in a green for a sorcery. Choose one or both. Return target human creature card from your graveyard to your hand, or return target non-human creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Hey, I heard you like regrowth. How about I took your regrowth and made it a better regrowth? Next one we've got is Thwart. 
thwart the enemy. Two and a green for an instant. Prevent all damage that we dealt this turn by creatures your opponent's control. So usually with fogs, there's just a blanket effect where it just gets rid of all the damage. But this is a I like how you threw quotes fog. up as if our audience would be able to see that. <laughs> it was for you guys. So I think yeah. this one is one of the better is, fogs. It's not it's uh, the, the spider fog, and it's not spore frog, but I think this is actually probably the third best fog right now. Or tied okay. the third, which is saying a lot, actually. Yeah, this is um, similar just giving your creatures indestructible. So, Gary, uh, you and I had a brief discussion about self-mill and how you're a big fan. Uh, I believe that was the words Quite. that you used. Uh, how would you like to mill the next card? Oh, bro, I'd be so, so stoked. We've got Titanolith Rex. Seven green green for an 11-11 creature dinosaur beast with trample. This is 11-11 uh, with trample. Fuck. When for you cycle nine it, mana. For nine mana. Cycling for one in a green. When you cycle it, put a trample counter on target creature you control. So this is another one of those real big top end green cards that maybe you're excited to see late in the game. Most of the time, you just want to cycle it away or dump it in the graveyard. Pop it back out later. Yeah, so Golgari is looking at this card, and it's salivating right now. Yeah, we're we're excited. <laughs> yeah, and this also uh, goes really well with the, the removal spell where you show a creature. I'm going to deal a lot of damage. <laughs> yeah, hey, whatever you have, it's dead. No, I promise you. And then I'm just going to cycle it. Yeah. This uh, last one, until... We saw our other enchantment removal. I was really, really high on this, and now I'm just really high on this. Yeah, I was going to say, if you, if you take out one of them, <laughs> at least you're still all right on it. Yeah. Uh, Wilt is one in the green. For an instant, uh, this card is bullshit. I cycling for two. <laughs> uh, sorry. Let me reread that, the, the translation error on that one. Uh, destroy target artifact or enchantment. I cycling for two. So uh, we talked about in the previous episode, this card is good. Yeah, I'll, I'll always. That's an easy upgrade in a lot of decks. Yeah, most yeah, most decks no it's like you have naturalized disenchant, anything like that. Just put this one in. Hey, sometimes you don't need that. Go ahead, draw a card. Uh, all right, so that's Wooberg. There's turns out a lot more to cover, and that was only Wooberg in commons and uncommons. Uh, we're gonna try and go through and rapid fire on the next episode through the gold cards, through the artifacts. Uh, and we'll jump into rares and mythics. Uh, so we do, you know, apologize, I guess, in advance for the next episode going to be a long one. This one's already been a long one, yeah. <laughs> but I think that it makes sense for us to spend the time to do this. Uh, during now of all times, the environment kind of leads to uh, longer episodes and more distractions because, goddamn, the COVID stir-crazy is uh the onset has begun oh yeah i've been listening to podcasts i would never listen to and just watching shows <laughs> i'd never listen or watch like dude oh my god <laughs> like no joke free time i started watching anime again i'm just like uh there's <laughs> so <best>. many so <laughs> many bad animes like it's ridiculous yeah we're in some some rough months yeah we gotta all right band now. together and so share your beers as long as you're not infected well <laughs> You know, be responsible with your with your beers. Uh, yeah, don't share your beers with your split. kids. Share your beers with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I meant. Uh, you know, if you've got taster glasses or just an extra pint, you know, pour one out for the homie. Uh, and I don't mean that because they died. I mean, pour, pour half your beer out and, you know, share amongst your friends. Be responsible out there, uh, whether you're 
drinking along with us or you're just enjoying something on your own, we want you to be responsible. Uh, don't drive around. Don't drink underage, as always. We want to make sure that you guys are safe and responsible. Thank you for listening as we just go on random tangents throughout this episode. Uh, it's difficult to stay on topic, especially after, you know, an 8% beer after not eating today. Uh, we'll, we'll get... We'll, we'll get through this together, guys. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard life. <laughs> All right, guys. So we are going to hit up them gold-bordered cards and the rares and mythics in the next episode. But for now, like we like to say on this podcast, have fun. Stay tuned for part two. Part two.